You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate. A series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. Yes. And you know what's real experiences? Food is real experiences. And today we are going to do an episode on food. Spring is in the air. All throughout Canada, United States, the weather is getting warmer. The grill's going to be used a lot more. And so I'm excited that we're going to do a topic on food and we're going to do a little twist, little twist about it. So this will be a fun way to do it. And Brenda, I know you had another thought about food and why this is a fun topic today. Yes, I did. I have a couple thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, food is a great way to create community. And of course, on Do That Well, we are all about creating yes. community and forming relationships and bonds. So I think that food's really a way that we can find community through sharing recipes, through making meals with your friends. You know, there's so many different ways that food is this co connector in our society. And then a fun fact for you all, I found something, there was a recent poll of a, a little over a thousand Americans, and it found that 54% of those people um, are cooking more than they did pre-pandemic, as well as 75% oh, of the wow. people felt more confident in the kitchen now. So nice. hopefully this nice. episode will also inspire you all to cook more and maybe, you know, branch out and learn some new things, try some so new recipes. Good. Love it. Okay. So how we're going to do this, and Brenda, is I'm going to ask you a question and you have to guess the answer. So we're going to do a little food trivia and that's going to spark this conversation. Okay. So I'm going to dive in and okay. I'm going to When ask we say this is unscripted, this is so <laughs> unscripted. unscripted. I have no <laughs> idea what you're about to ask me. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Question number one. All right. Which food was rationed after World War II ended, but not during the war. So which food was rationed after World War II ended, but not during the war? But not during the war. I have no idea like, at all. Potatoes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a good guess, though. Close. Bread. So bread became, they started rationing bread after World War II, but not during the war. Interesting, That's fun fact. so interesting. I wonder yes, why. I know. And the thing with bread is Corey and I, we only, I, no judgment, okay, but we only eat bread on Saturdays. So that's like a treat for us. It's, a, it's like a luxury food for us. So we try to stay away from bread during the week. But man, on Saturdays, like an English muffin in the morning with butter on it or brioche bread oh man or a sandwich you know or, or a bagel with cream cheese oh like I just, it's like it's so because we don't eat it all week long so on Saturdays it's absolutely delicious I love that I I eat a lot of bread bread's okay. probably my one of my main food groups uh, <laughs> but I don't always think about things like brioches or other mm. fancy things like that I that's a good thing to remember like I need yeah. to branch out with my bread mm -hmm. I always English muffins are my jam I have an English oh, muffin almost every English single oh, morning love it yes but and I like making sandwiches like egg fried egg cheese and bacon with cream cheese and butter <laughs> and that would be like a breakfast sandwich so those are like Ooh, yeah oh it's so good anyways okay question number two the most popular meal ordered in U.S. restaurants is what question mark most popular meal. 
popular meal ordered in U.S. restaurants. Okay. Uh, a burger and fries. Wow, good answer. But fried chicken. Fried chicken. Fried oh, chicken. Okay. Yes. And that's another thing. Like, I'm more of a grilled chicken. So it would be a treat for me to have fried chicken. But I actually love grilled chicken more. But it, I still enjoy the fried chicken, but I prefer grilled chicken. That's more my thing. I I do love fried chicken, I, I will say. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that it's something I order a lot, but I do like it. Mm. I've never tried making fried chicken. That to me would be the ultimate. Like if you knew how to make a good fried chicken, I feel like that would be such a good, you know, I hesitate to say party trick, but I just think all your friends would love you if you had a yes. fried chicken that you could so, nail. And for you, Victor is the, the primary chef in the kitchen, right? So mm-hmm. maybe that would be a fun thing for the two of you to learn how to make is fried chicken. Ooh, yeah. He actually probably already knows how. Yeah. Maybe I can <laughs> I Maybe I can get him to teach me. <laughs> okay, the next question, I didn't know the answer, and I actually want to give a fun, some fun tidbits about it, but maybe you do. What two ingredients make the dish angels on horseback? What two ingredients make the dish angels on horseback? I've yeah. never even heard yeah, of neither. angels on horseback. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it something? something where you in my mind it's like something where maybe you're putting a vegetable on top of something or like I'm thinking like ants on a log you know (laughs) (laughs) is ants on a log with the raisins the raisins and a celery stick and you put peanut butter (laughs) so in my mind maybe it's something like that oh I have not heard I have not heard that for so long. That just makes me so happy. Okay, not even close. I'm so sorry, Brenda, you're not even close. Oh, no. Not even close. It's oysters and bacon. I looked it up mm. and it was, it comes from uh, New, it comes from uh, uh, England, uh, Great Britain. And I think it's more common in the East Coast, like Long Island. And I think they're more familiar with it than the West Coast is, and I could be wrong. So all the so letters it, are coming in now. But so basically, bacon on top. No, you wrap you wrap the oyster, and that the oyster has to be small. And you you cook the bacon beforehand. You wrap maybe like a half a piece of bacon, then you put a, a, a toothpick, and then you grill it. So mm. so it's because on the West Coast, and I'm all over. We tend to eat our oysters raw, mm-hmm. right? But on the on the East Coast, and I know, like in New Orleans, I went to when I went to New Orleans, I had um, barbecued shrimp. It was sorry, barbecued oysters. It was ridiculously delicious. It was absolutely oh the best. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it. But anyway, so I, th- I might try this one where you wrap it in bacon and um, you grill it. That sounds really interesting. I've never yeah. had a grilled oyster. I've had raw oysters. I'm a big texture person. Yeah, okay. Like if okay. I if I can't if a texture isn't to my liking, like I won't even be able to swallow okay. it sort of thing. So you'd have <laughs> you'd have to have it baked baked or grilled. Maybe. I mean I've had raw oysters and they were okay. They were really small. I tried a big yes. one and I, I almost lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing with the northwest the north the northwest United States. The oysters are quite small. That's where you were raised with the little oysters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now for the vegan and vegetarians who are going really seriously, guys, like why, why are you, but we did talk about bread. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we're going to try to try to cover all ground. So my next question is, according to a survey, what is the U.S. top family food? A top family food. A casserole? Spaghetti. Oh, that makes more sense than casserole. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mom used to make homemade spaghetti sauce, and she'd jar it and freeze it, so we'd, she'd make a big batch of it. And so that flavor, that taste when, of my mom's spaghetti is still in my mind as a little girl. I can still taste it in my in my mind. It hasn't left me. Have you ever had just the spaghetti noodles with ketchup? I, I know. No, Brenda. No. Me neither. No, I haven't either. <laughs> sure. But don't want to judge because apparently that's a thing. Oh. I've learned about this recently. Apparently that's a way that some people do like spaghetti. They'll just do mm. ke- ketchup. I like to say ketchup. Uh, oh. Ketchup on. I have a Midwest grandmother, so uh but yeah just ketchup on spaghetti noodles wow and apparently it's really good i like both those things yeah. i don't yeah so i guess together. if anyone out there has tried it let me know do you know. put the parmesan over top of it because anything know. with parmesan is is good <laughs> i think you just do ketchup and spaghetti noodles yeah oh. now the fun thing with vegetarians is you can have a delicious spaghetti meal with like zucchini and uh, peppers and chunks of tomato and garlic. So there is, that's a dish. And I think with vegans as well, there's types of, there's, um, there is zucchini pasta. And, you know, so there, that, here we're in neutral ground. So spaghetti is a neutral ground based on your preference of food. I, I like the meat sauce and spaghetti. So I do enjoy that. Like the bolognese and all that, that's yummy for me. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I like all kinds of pasta. It goes back to the bread thing. I like carbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also I have to say, see, pasta is also a Saturday treat. So we, we don't, we have spaghetti squash instead of pasta. I don't know if you've done spaghetti squash. It's so good. You, you cut it in half and you grill it, put some olive oil your seasonings in it and then you f- take the fork and you remove it with a fork and it looks just like spaghetti and you Ooh, place that, that as a base good. and then we put our sauce on it and it's so good yeah but on See, this Saturdays- is where I'm of no help to the audience because <laughs> as we mentioned earlier Victor does all the cooking so I actually have no new innovation to bring to the table here but Karen hey. I'm learning things from you right now yes <laughs> yes okay all right let's go keep going this was I thought this was a fun one you might know this one the top United States food comes the top United States food consumption days are Christmas, Thanksgiving, and one more. Top food consumption days, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and I'm tempted to say either Mother's Day or Easter. Oh, see, now I would have probably guessed Easter or during that time. Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday. Is the third? Oh, I was yeah. thinking holidays, but I know, I know, me too. I would have, I would not have guessed Super Bowl Sunday. No, that makes so much sense, though. So, what are some of the fun foods that you've had in those kind of types of gatherings before pre pre COVID? What are some of the fun meals you've had? 
with those sorts of I'm I love when there's like any sort of stereotypical picnic food like think pasta salad, mm-hmm. potato salad, things of that nature because those are things that I never would eat normally. So I mm-hmm. love it when those kinds of things mm-hmm. are at yeah, an event or a get together. <laughs> One of my absolute favorite things to cook for appetizers is anything with phyllo pastry. I am a phyllo pastry nut. So I'll make spanakopita or I'll make spanakopita, but only with mushrooms and uh, I'll put cheese in it and stuff. And then I also like to I make mini that is. Uh, phyllo pastry is, um, or spanic, spanic, spanakopita is the Greek, yeah. the Greek triangle with the spinach in it. Oh, oh, see? Okay. Thank you for asking. Look at that. I just assumed. Aren't that funny? No, oh, yeah. I think so I've seen those, but yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. And it's they're so good. And then I also uh, take a muffin pan and I take the phyllo pastry and cook it, and then I make mini tacos with it. Ooh, so, that's or I do good. mini something like, like mini shrimp, like shrimp shrimp cocktail, or with like a shrimp maybe with a vinaigrette. And some coleslaw and stuff. And so I'll make that and then plump it into these little phyllo. So that's the kind of stuff I like to make. I'm a phyllo. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah it is. It's so good. Especially with butter. Oh. <laughs> so my one my one thing that I do have in my very limited bag of cooking tricks is I make a really good Dutch baby. So if I'm ever invited to any sort of brunch thing, that's usually what I bring. It's a Dutch baby. And you're going to tell us what that is. Yes. See? <laughs> oh, good. I have one. I, I have know. one that not everyone I knows. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Okay. So Dutch Baby, it's like a dense, almost custardy sort of pancake that you put, you cook it in a cast iron typically. That's like just eggs and flour and milk and butter pretty mm. much. Okay. Yeah, so it's just like a dense pancake, and I want to say it's Scandinavian in its origination, Uh, and typically I like to put powdered sugar and lime juice on mine, actually. And do you, is it, does it look like a cake when you serve it? Like, how does it, how do you serve it? I, when I do it, I keep it in the cast iron, so it just kind of, it ends up raising up around the edges a little bit of the cast iron. It, It almost looks like a... I don't know, like, well, not a fondue, but what's the other thing yeah, that I'm thinking of? Like a souffle people... almost. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and do you put maple syrup? I don't, but that's just a personal preference. Okay. Wow. Some people that's do. That's so fun. Okay. And on a side note, cast iron is my new favorite thing. Like, I only want cast iron now. I just, I love cooking with, I love putting it in the oven, like putting the, the cast iron frying pan in the oven. I love putting it on the grill. I just, I'm a big cast iron fan now. That's all the only cast thing I want. Great for cooking. And it's so pretty if you get mm-hmm. the color ones. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we're going to just take a commercial break for a little bit, little bit here. Uh, why are we doing this? Well, one is, it's what you mentioned even earlier that more and more people are cooking. We thought, this is... Food is always brings people together, and that's what you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. It is a form of community, and we're like, why, why don't we do food? And for the, those listening, they have these questions. We'll, we'll have these questions if you want, and just see, like, learn about each other when it comes to food. And then also stretch each other to try out, to try out different recipes and, 
and explore, explore, and explore the the, uh, the grocery store and the market and try new things and make it a whole adventure. Like food can be an all day thing, and and it's a lot of fun. You don't have to be really good at it either. You can try simple, simple recipes, and also how you place it on the on the plate makes you look all fancy too. You know things like that. <laughs> but uh, there was something you mentioned in our prep. I forgot what it was, but I really, there was a little tidbit you found out about food and the impact it has on people, I think. Yeah. So there is some research and there's not extensive research. So it's hard to say definitively, you know, what the effects of cooking food are on your mental health. But there's some, you know, there's some research out there that is leading to this connection between learning to make food and cooking food for yourself and your mental well-being. Mm. So this idea that when you cook food for yourself, it builds your autonomy. And so that mm. can be really good for your mental well-being to feel like you can support yourself. Um, just the act of cooking, because there's so many steps involved and, mm. you know, there's amount of planning and things like that that have to go into it. And so they think that that can actually be specifically good for anybody that has like ADHD or, you know, struggles with um, being able to concentrate because it Mm -hmm. sort of forces you to create Mm -hmm. this ritual for yourself. Um, So, yeah, there's there's definitely some correlation between cooking food and Mm -hmm. your mental health, which I thought Mm -hmm. was really actually not surprising. I thought it was really cool to learn that. But when you think about it, it does make sense that when you take these measures to take care of yourself and do things for yourself. You're building this autonomy. You're getting a sense of accomplishment. Like after you've made yes. some, as you said, Karen, maybe you make this beautiful thing that you want to share. And so you get a sense mm-hmm. of accomplishment, which is really great for our mental health. So yes. yeah, make and it also, good. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Because even let's go, let's say for those who are nervous about cooking or don't feel comfortable, and let's say you burn it. Well, you're not going to burn the entire thing most likely. So you scoop out the non-burning and you bowl it, you put in a little bowl. So it just presents itself differently and you treat it like an appetizer. If you burn the whole thing, then you just, you just toss it in the garbage and you start again, you know, and, and that's okay. Cause that is part of learning. All of us have had the alarm go off. (laughs) You just, it's part of learning is, oh no, you know, you maybe didn't pay attention to the timer or whatever, and that's okay. And if you make something, the flavors are so good, but it doesn't look good, again, you can put it in a bowl and make it more like a stew. If, if you're not happy with the result, you can just, the way you plate it can ma- still make it fantastic. You know, if, if it was supposed to be just a single item on a plate, well, now it's not because it just, maybe it's too runny, then that's okay. Then you've got a stew. So there's all these ways, but that those mistakes are really normal in cooking and and the other thing I would I would say is find three things you're good at, and those are your go tos. You just you, you're known like Corey's really known for chicken. He makes such a really good chicken. So if that's an easy go to, well, well he'll he'll uh, roast an entire chicken, a whole chicken, and then he cuts it. That's his go to, and everyone loves it because it's delicious. So there sometimes you only need like three dishes, like you were saying. The little the pancake. What do you call the, the Dutch baby? <laughs> the Dutch baby. That that's your go to, and you know it's a winning thing. So don't, not to put too much pressure on ourselves. Like it's okay to have two or three of those food items that that are you just know are going to be successful. So to remove the pressure to have to have like a dozen or twenty recipes. Okay, you want me to keep going? One more. Yeah, or a few more. Do you? Okay, so uh, what is the most ordered seafood item in restaurants? 
most ordered seafood item. Is this in the U.S. or like North America? This would be the U.S., yeah. In that case, I'm going to say fish and chips. (gasps) See, that's a a great answer. It's shrimp. But you're right, fish and chips. I mean, that makes – yeah, that's what I would say too. The reason I – because I found this website and it had the answers right under it, so you didn't – I wasn't able to like guess because the answers were already there. But shrimp, shrimp is the most seafood – popular seafood item in restaurants. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, which and, does make sense as well. I mean, yeah. there's shrimp everywhere, shrimp cocktails. Mm-hmm. I also uh, last week made uh, some really delicious, and it was healthy, some shrimp tacos with the cabbage, and I made a homemade white sauce with Greek yogurt. It was, and then then all the fixings you put on top of it, you know, and it was just absolutely delicious. I know shrimp shrimp tacos are a big a big win. That's an easy thing to make for when you're having, you know. A, quick dinner or something like that do you have a do you like are you a shrimp eater I do I do like shrimp and shrimp is one of the only meats that I feel like I can cook okay (laughs) really okay so tell me about that you know cooking meat just it uh what's the word it's not that it scares me but it you know it it definitely is something that I'm shy of I think because it's easy to overcook meat and it's also easy to undercook meat. <laughs> and so I I never want to make anyone sick. So I think I always err towards me overcooking it and that it ends up too dry and rubbery. It's just something I've not practiced enough with. And mm. so this is another thing with the cooking since we're on this. Practice does make perfect with cooking. Mm. And as much as I p- pains me to say, I definitely don't practice as much, which is why... I don't then end up cooking as much because I have this like stigma that it needs to be really delicious or, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to try because it's not going to turn out well. So thank you, Karen, for reminding us that mm-hmm. it's okay to experiment and that it doesn't need to turn mm-hmm. out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. And um, you got me thinking about this too. So thinking about the vegans that are listening and the vegetarians that are listening, they're going, I feel left out. You know, I, I love making salads. Like I am a salad. People who know me and who dine, who've dined with me pre-COVID, I am a salad fiend. So I either, I chop everything up really, really small because to me a salad is all the flavors. So if you get a salad from me, everything's going to be in small. And I usually will have the bowls. And so you can, do your own fixings. So I, I'm going to tell you what I like in a salad, but not everybody likes what I like. But normally I have un- unsalted mixed nuts. Every salad has unsalted mixed nuts. And I have a cheese blend. So for me, it would be Parmesan. And I know for others, it would they wouldn't use Parmesan, but that's, for me, it's Parmesan. And then, um, and then there's this really, it's called Bolt House Dressing. And the calories are really low. And it's so good it's my favorite dressing so the because a lot of times the dress a lot of people won't use dressing because they feel there's too much fat in the dressing but this is like a fantastic dressing but I find salads I gain really creative with salads the the trick if you're not a salad eater is cut everything really small and then toss it in and then toss it and and you know and then you're you've got a delicious salad so salads are the best I'm a salad nut (laughs) I love that. I salads are something that I've come around to more recently in my mm-hmm. life, but I definitely was not a salad person when I was younger. 
Also on the note of vegetarians and vegans, definitely not, you know, trying to to leave them out of the conversation. I'd say when I do cook, I cook vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. Or vegan. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it's not that I'll eat meat, but I just don't really cook it for the reasons that I Mm. just said. Also, to be quite honest, touching raw meat kind of weirds me out. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, you're not alone. There's a lot of people who feel the same way you do. That's I um I find I love vegan cooking. Oh, so if I see a vegan restaurant, I want to try something from there. I just and also cooking with beans, a variety of beans. Oh, so good. So I find the vegans just the the flavors they they use and it's so creative. Even yeah. for a burger, like a vegan burger is delicious. Delicious. Sometimes it's my preferred option. Actually, mm-hmm. for years, I had friends think that I was vegetarian yeah, because I would always order vegetarian mm-hmm. entrees and things, but it's just because it's what I like. So good. I know. Me too. I'm, I'm me too. I, so I've been mistaken as a vegetarian or vegan, but yeah, so that's all right. <laughs> it's delicious. And, and for the for people who've never tried vegan, I would encourage you to go try a dish, go to a restaurant that specializes in vegan and do it right. And then get, just explore. And, and you'll, you'll be so surprised at how delicious it is. It's really good. I am a, I am a meat eater. So I, I, I do love the steak and I do love my burgers and stuff on occasion, but I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards seafood. I tend to like scallops and salmon and shrimp and halibut and cod like that. It's like, Oh, those are my favorites. But, the um, thing I will say about vegetarian or vegan things too, when you say, you know, to go to a vegetarian restaurant, I've noticed is that you just can't expect it to be like, if there's something that's a faux chicken, you can't expect it to be chicken. Like you just have to go into it thinking this is an entirely new food. Oh, that I'm trying. right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I find that that can really change your perception of some right, of those that's so like, smart. faux meats or, mm-hmm. you know, alternative things is you can't think, okay, this cashew cheese is going to taste like cheese. No, right. it's just going to be a thing that you could use instead of cheese. And you might love it brilliant. if you don't, if you're brilliant. not comparing it to cheese. <laughs> that is brilliant. That's really, really well said. Um, I, uh, one last thought from me is I'm not a good baker though. So it's, I find that most people, they either cook or they bake and they, they have a natural talent for one or the other. And I'm not a baker. I, I have some dishes, you know, uh, that I, I do make, but it's, it, I do it out of love because it's not, it's just not my natural talent. So I really, but for me cooking, you just whip it together and yep, yeah, that, hmm. Yeah, that works. You know, like that's that's to me. Cooking's just I can whip it up and have a meal in twenty minutes, and it's really fun for me. And uh, but baking is because it's so precise, and that's that's where I'm not. I'll have like a. I'll either undercook it. You know, it's not uncommon for me to sometimes undercook it out of caution and and things like that. But but it's okay. I'm just not a baker. Now, when you said that. One last thing that I'm, I'm curious, and maybe for those of you that are listening, if you have any thoughts on this, please write us in because I'm really curious now because I'm the opposite. I actually think that I prefer baking and it's the perfectionist in me and it's the person that really likes to follow wow. all those little steps yes. Yes. that likes that. So I wonder if there's any correlation between like 
two-stepper, 200-stepper, and if you tend to be <laughs> yeah. a person that likes to cook or a person that likes to bake? That, is, a question. that would be a fun, that would be a fun survey. Do you like the precision of baking or do you like the haphazardness of cooking? Which, you know, people are arguing right now, like, no, that's, no, cooking <laughs> is, you know, but, but at the same time, there is, it's more forgiving. I find cooking is more forgiving than baking. That's just me because that's not my thing. Of course, I'm going to have that opinion. Yeah. I think this episode is going to create some opinions. I hope we hear from our audience on this Mm -hmm. one because you can see even with just this conversation of us frivolously talking about food, you can see how much we've both learned. Mm -hmm. You can see like how it's bringing us closer together, if that's even possible. What? Uh, and so it's it's really fun to just have yeah. these conversations about food and learn from each other and get new ideas. Yeah. And please talk to your friends. Have a food conversation. Get uncomfortable. Find out some foods you've never tried. And I'm definitely going to I'm going to do that as well with this uh, angel on horseback. I think it was what it was called. I'm going to try that one out. But, you know, it's also fun to find others foods I didn't even know existed like that one. So there we go. Yeah, it's a fun topic. Well, that pretty much concludes our episode for the day. We've made it past our, you know, through our half hour that we allot ourselves here. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us this week. And we hope that you come away from this with a refreshed, you know, ideas for cooking and that you're excited to get in the kitchen. We hope to see your creations. Yes. Mail it to us. (laughs) Send photos. (laughs) And we'll we'll uh, be here again next week, next Thursday on Do That Well. Bye. Bye.